This is Upstate's HealthLink on air. Linda Cohen along with you. Well, as the United States continues to meet its energy needs using domestic sources, the controversy over fracking continues, with scientists and activists on both sides engaged in the battle for public opinion. Joining me to elucidate his position on this controversial methodology and its impact on our health and the health of our environment is Dr. Donald Siegel. He's the Jesse Page Heroy Professor and Department Chair and the Laura J. and L. Douglas Meredith Professor in the Department of Earth Sciences at Syracuse University. Welcome. So, Thank you so much for coming in, Dr. Siegel. It's my pleasure. So let's begin by explaining to our listeners what exactly is fracking. Okay, fracking is a, a fairly novel way of extracting oil or gas, natural gas, from rocks that otherwise you can't get oil and gas out of. Uh, typically in the past, uh, when we found oil or gas supplies, a geologists would drill a vertical pipe deep in the ground, and the oil and gas would often just naturally flow out of the rock because there was so much hole, there was so much uh, porosity, holes in the rock, such that the, uh, it's called a reservoir, much like a drinking water reservoir. It's the same thing, except in this case, the rock would be filled with oil or gas. Um, but that kind of supply is pretty much gone around the world. So we're, we're having diminishing oil and gas supplies. Uh, this engineer in Oklahoma figured out a way to take the oil and gas locked in the, the grains of the rock uh, to be able to get that out using this process called hydraulic fracking. And in a nutshell, what, what's done is you uh, can take the vertical pipe and you can turn it uh, horizontally a mile or two deep in the ground uh, using gyroscopes and then extend it horizontally in your rock that contains this, this finely disseminated oil and gas that is uh, locked in the rock grains. And then you inject water under high pressure and it creates cracks in the rock that allow the oil and gas to flow out of the rock into the cracks, then into the pipe, then out of the pipe, and then uh, you know into the refinery, so to speak. Um, what makes it controversial to some people, many people actually, is that along with the water, there are other substances that are injected in order to keep the, the hole open, if you will. For example, anti-bactericides are put in there to prevent bacteria deep in the ground from colonizing in the holes in the pipe, preventing the oil and gas from coming in. There are chemicals called anti-corrosion agents that are used, uh, for example, under your car to prevent corrosion in the, uh, the wintertime from salt. The same kinds of compounds are then put in the ground along with the water in order to prevent the same thing from happening you know, to the pipe. Uh, so in, in addition to basically doing something unnatural in terms of extracting this, this, this oil and gas, we are also putting into our environment some things that have never been there before or don't belong there. We're upsetting the natural... Well, Balance. we're putting into the into the environment things that that never were there before, uh, but there, we've done this on, on many many um, circumstances from using uh, pesticides to fertilizers and so forth. Uh, but what concerns people is is when you pump the uh, oil and gas comes out of the ground using this method. Also, some of some of these fluids come back out, and so there's issues of disposal. There's, there's issues of if the, if the well isn't constructed properly, can these fluids leak out from the outside of the pipe into shallow aquifers, you know, thousands of feet above where the production zone is. 
And then Aquifers meaning basically water, water. Water wells, right. Yes. Most of the issues have to do with domestic water wells uh, that might be contaminated by the, what we call this flowback water, the water that flows back with the oil and gas. So just as far as the, the effect or the overall effect of, of this fracking, we ha- it has changed dramatically the United States' position in terms of energy in the world, hasn't it? Oh, yes. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I I tell my students this when I give talks on energy issues for the future. Um, Prior to this um, new method of drilling, uh, we had reached what was commonly known as peak oil. This was predicted decades ago where the resource of easily extractable oil and gas was, was being depleted and would ostensibly pretty much disappear in a number of decades. Uh, what this has done is completely uh, reset the time clock. Uh, the United States, I understand, is the, is the biggest producer of oil and gas in the world now. Uh, and that's the, only in a few years. And only in a few made, years. made a big, a major Absolutely. transition. It's been an, an incredible game changer. And, and the reality is there's so much of this, what we call shale gas and shale oil globally, that there's an almost indefinite, uh, you know, we could be, using this for in, in for the foreseeable future if we choose to do it. And that's something that we obviously want to talk a little that's bit right, more about. That's so right. Help us understand a little bit more about it. In New York State alone, there's this a specific area that the Marcellus Shale yes. Formation. Tell us a little bit about that one. Yes, there are, there are, there is um, the Marcellus Shale is the shale that's gotten all the, uh, the attention. It's a black shale. Uh, you can see it in Marcellus, New York. If you drive from here to Scanny Atlas and go through Marcellus, as you pass through the town, you'll see on the way to Scan Atlas, you'll see these black outcrops of rock. And that's the Marcellus Rock. It's, it, it's right at the land surface there and then tips into the ground uh, to be miles deep to the south. And it L- runs all the way down all to West Virginia. All the way down Virginia. West Virginia, Pennsylvania. And this is uniquely rich with organic matter. And so the Marcellus right now is the largest producer of, of gas in, in what we call the Appalachian Basin, in the Appalachian region. Uh, uh, Underneath it is another shale called the Utica Shale that people can see if they get off the highway, freeway at Utica, big, thick, black rock. Um, And is this true throughout the country, that that there are these basically large amounts of shale formations throughout the United States? Pretty much all over the, not everywhere in the country, but in large chunks of the country, there are are what are known as sedimentary basins underlying Michigan, uh, near Denver, Colorado, of course, uh, Texas, Louisiana. Um, down into Mississippi, uh, it, there's there's a lot of this kind of rock. So the supply, it seems to me, based on everything you've told us so far, is large, is great. That's in correct. Terms, and as you're saying, it's almost in the unforeseeable future we would not run out of gas and oil. It, it, it seems that way. There are some people who argue that some of the estimates are are in a, you know inappropriately large, but um, right now there's so much gas that that. It's hardly being drilled anymore. Uh, it's just simply the prices drop so much. But does it, yeah. I mean, besides the whole environmental, well, I want to talk more about sure. what the environmental concerns are and health concerns, clearly. Mm-hmm. But this notion that it will go on forever, I mean, we thought that probably, you know, 50 years ago that there was no end to the amount of oil in Texas, for example, or places in the United States that was easily accessible. So is it a little short-sighted to think that this newfound supply will last. I mean, is, is that, is that a, a positive environmental approach or energy approach? 
Well, to, to begin with, you know, I don't encourage uh, the United States uh, to continue to use oil and gas uh, for its energy resource. Um, the biggest challenge, uh, and this is where people uh, confuse my position on hydraulic fracking. Uh, we'll talk later, I suspect, on, on what I've discovered in my research and my understanding of the actual real health effects that might come out of it based on water and perhaps air. Um, but I share those concerns with the environmental community that we need to get off of fossil fuels because the climate is in fact changing because of our burning of fossil fuels. Um, even the former President Bush admits this is happening. Even ExxonMobil admits it's happening. Uh, and we need to get to alternative energy resources. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm Linda Cohen along with earth scientist and geologist Dr. Donald Siegel, and we're talking about fracking and its impact on our health. I don't want to run out of time. Tell me, what are the concerns for health? Water is one. Tell us about that, and then you mentioned air as well. Sure. The, the water that comes back with the, um, well, when you produce this, this kind of oil and gas, um, there's a chance that some of the wells will leak out gas and the gas will then enter local drinking water supplies and then degas into the airspace of houses. And what will that do well, to our you, health? Well, that can cause the house to explode. Okay. So it's much like if you leave your, your stove on, all right, and, you, and then you light a match. So there's and, safety issues there, but how about right. the health of now our the, drinking now water? Now, the health of the drinking water, there's, 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 I've not seen any real evidence to suggest that there's any broad problem. There's a lot of salt that comes out with the water. So obviously, if that gets in a water supply, you can contaminate it with salt, much like road salt would contaminate our, our drinking water supplies. But in my research, uh, in my review of the literature, I've seen um, no examples of drinking water being contaminated by, by fracking fluids, unless there's a surface spill, which occasionally will happen, and then, then it percolates down. You know. How about air? You had some concern right. about air quality, apart from the idea of burning fossil fuel and affecting sure. our air quality, but specifically the fracking. What does it do to yeah. our air? Well, the fracking, when you're, it's, a bit, it's an industrial process. And much like um, when uh, I-81 is going to be re redone, um, if people are near where the construction is, you will actually smell diesel fuel in the air. You will smell organic compounds in the air. And that same kind of air quality degradation occurs at a, at a drilling site. Um, and so obviously those who work on drilling sites um, may suffer if they aren't, don't take proper precautions, you know, potential air quality issues associated with the, this organic substances coming off of the actual process. So it could be a workplace environmental exactly. exposure. It's a workplace environmental exposure. You know, I've, again, not seen any credible evidence that that would suggest that you would find this ubiquitously in an area where you'd have uh, a rig uh, every a mile or two apart. That's there. That's quite distant. And so the main controversy. You've been somewhat of a firebrand or a, a lightning rod. For lightning a, rod. A yeah. lightning rod for a lot of this. <laughs> but I'm 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 getting the feeling that it's mostly that you have not found supporting evidence, scientific evidence, to suggest that our water, for example, will be compromised, as as many have said but you also do support this notion of getting off of fossil fuels. Absolutely. Fuel. You know, the whole irony is that um, I, I agree with almost all the concerns that the opposition to fracking has in upstate New York. I agree we need to get off of fossil fuels, 
but having said that, people have to give as well on the environmental side. We have to accept very large uh, solar arrays, for example, in places that might be unsightly, or large wind farms, or dare I say, think about nuclear as an option. Uh, but we, we, there's no free ride here, and there's always some sort of consequence to somebody in terms of, of quality of life. Uh, but I do agree that, that when, the, when the oil and gas industry comes in, you will have more trucks, you'll, you'll have rigs out there that will be temporary, not very long, that won't be as persistent, um, and that will be disruptive. There will be larger communities, um, there could be boom and bust in some places, depending. That has happened throughout the United yeah, States. Yeah, it has right now as the prices have dropped, you know, North Dakota being a great example. And these are all social issues, and I really agree with them, with them, that these have to be carefully looked at. What I don't agree with them is that you make up things about water quality issues and, and get the public fearful about that because it's a good hook to capture the public's attention. That's using any means to achieve an end. And once you use science inappropriately to achieve the wrong ends, it's a slippery, that, slope. It's a slippery <laughs> slope. It's a real slippery slope. So um, while I, I'm a lightning rod and that I've published and continue to publish papers showing that there's, there's no generic harm, you know, a large-scale harm just, uh, with respect to fracking, respect to water. Um, at the same time, you know, I, I support, that's the science, all right? But I do support um, going to alternatives as fast as possible. Well, I thank you so much for coming in. It's a very, very important subject, something I think people, especially in our region, are so concerned about, especially because of our our ample supply of the Marcellus Shale and all of that. But I do think you've really clarified it very, very well and taught us a whole lot. Okay. Thanks so much for coming in. I really appreciate well, it. Well, thank you for inviting me. My guest has been Dr. Donald Siegel. He's the Jesse Page Heroy Professor and Department Chair and the Laura J. and L. Douglas Meredith Professor in the Department of Earth Sciences at Syracuse University. I'm Linda Cohen, and you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. <laughs>